This is VOA News in Washington. I'm Jeff Custer. U.S. President Joe Biden said Monday he hopes to see a new Gaza ceasefire by early next week if a deal to release hostages is reached, as delegations from several countries work to negotiate the first halt in fighting since late November. Associated Press correspondent Jennifer King reports. My national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday we'll have a ceasefire. Biden spoke to reporters in New York Monday night after taping Late Night with Seth Meyers. Negotiators from the U.S., Egypt, and Qatar are working on a framework deal. Hamas would free some of the dozens of hostages it holds in exchange for the release of Palestinian prisoners and a six-week halt in fighting. That timeline could include a ceasefire during the Muslim observance of Ramadan, which starts around March 10th. Hamas officials have indicated that optimism on a deal was premature. Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has said a ground offensive in Rafah, where more than half the Gaza Strip's population has fled is inevitable, and this week the military submitted operational and civilian evacuation plans for cabinet approval. The U.S. has expressed concern over the deaths of civilians in Gaza, but Biden has staunchly supported Israel throughout the war. I'm Jennifer King. A Moscow court Tuesday sentenced veteran human rights activist Oleg Orlov to two and a half years in prison after he was found guilty of discrediting Russia's armed forces in a trial that had been condemned by international observers as politically motivated. The 70-year-old Orlov had served for more than two decades as one of the leaders of the rights group Memorial. The group won a share of the 2022 Nobel Peace Prize a year after being banned and dissolved in Russia. The rights group said Orlov was handcuffed after the verdict and the court ordered him to be taken immediately into custody. In his closing remarks to the trial Monday, Orlov decried the strangulation of freedom in Russia, which he referred to as a dystopia. For more on this and all the stories we're covering today, visit our website, voanews.com. This is VOA News. Following a meeting of European allies, French President Emmanuel Macron said late Monday he could not rule out sending troops to Ukraine to ensure that Russia does not win the war there. Rangers correspondent Diane Toll reports. Speaking to reporters after the talks, Macron said while no consensus was reached on deployment, France could not rule out a potential later need for it to ensure Russia does not win the war. We should not exclude that there might be a need for security, which then justifies some elements of deployment. But I've told you very clearly what France maintains as its position, which is strategic ambiguity that I stand by. Nothing should be excluded to pursue our goals. Later, Slovakia's prime minister said several NATO and EU members were considering sending soldiers to Ukraine on a bilateral basis. A White House official told Reuters that the United States had no plans to send troops to fight in Ukraine and that there were no plans to send NATO troops either. That's Reuters correspondent Diane Toe reporting. Sweden cleared its final hurdle to NATO membership Monday when Hungary's parliament approved its application, the final alliance member nation to do so after Sweden initially applied to join NATO in May of 2022. Council on Foreign Relations analyst Charles Kupchan spoke with VOA's International Edition about the significance of Sweden becoming NATO's 32nd member. It is a fundamental strategic defeat for Putin. If you go back and you look at what he said as he was getting ready to invade Ukraine, it was about undoing the post-Cold War settlement, pushing NATO forces away from the eastern flank, weakening the West's posture. What does he have instead? A terrible war in Ukraine. He has led to a bigger NATO, not a weaker NATO, two new members, Sweden and Finland, both of which have top-of-the-line modern militaries. 
Thousands of junior doctors in South Korea are weak into a labor boycott in protest of the government's push to recruit more medical students. More details from BOA's Tommy McNeil. It is a fundamental... I apologize, that's the wrong piece of sound there. New Zealand's government said it will repeal, repeal Tuesday a world-first law that would have banned tobacco sales for future generations, even while researchers and campaigners warned of the risk that people could die as a result. The toughest anti-tobacco rules in the world would had, had been set to take place in, uh, in July and would have banned sales to those born after January 1st, 2009, cut nicotine content in smoked tobacco products, and reduced the number of tobacco retailers by more than 90%. In Washington, I'm Jeff Custer. This is VOA News.